It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. Birds of the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiason and Mike Valenti. Oh, we're back. It's a holiday edition, people. Doesn't get any better than this now, does it? Boomer, how are you? Hey, Mike. Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. It's great to see you. And uh, I got to tell you, the way the NFL season is finishing out here, I don't necessarily know that it can get any more exciting unless, of course, you're a Jet fan. And we all saw what happened Thursday night. It was not pretty. But, you know, to think that the Jaguars, if they win out, win the AFC South, is amazing because if you and I would have talked about this six weeks ago after the Tennessee Titans had come off of their win against the Green Bay Packers, we would have said there's no way anybody in the NFC South was going to catch them. No, Tennessee couldn't have looked better. They haven't won a game since. And then you're right. I mean, the Jags, big win over the Titans, big win over the Ravens. I... You know what? We'll just discuss last night as we hit the rundown. Why don't we do this? This is the NFL Rundown. All right, so we we can we can start with the positive, which is the Jags. And Booms, when you look at their remaining slate, they're kind of like the AFC Lions. They could do this. They can win these last three games, and it's led by Trevor Lawrence, who's just – he's become the dude. He's a top-ten quarterback in the league. I mean, it, do you think they get in? I do think they get in, and um... – I have to say that the hiring of Doug Peterson and cleaning up the Urban Meyer mess, uh, you got to give Shad Khan, their owner, yeah. uh, a lot of credit for that. He realized he made a mistake. Uh, the team did not respond to Urban, and they are responding to Doug Peterson. It's taken a while for them to get here. The one thing that I do recognize, and it reminded me of myself back in 1985, it was my second year. I took over for Kenny Anderson. I went out on the field. We played against the San Diego Chargers and Dan Fouts, and we lost the game 44-42. to But I walked off of that field saying, you know what? I now know that I belong here. I know what I'm doing. I can read defenses. I understand our offense. And it was like it all came together for me in my second year. And when you watch Doug Peterson handling Trevor Lawrence and you watch how he played Thursday night against the Jets, you know, I feel that I see the same attributes in him. And that's why when he at six foot six is running the way he's running and throwing the way he's throwing in those conditions. You know, you're right on. I think you're spot on about that. And now I have to admit that you also were 100% spot on about Zach Wilson. And this goes all the way back to week one when we started this show. You told me, you watched this kid is not ready for prime time. But, Boomer, here's what kills me. Like, you know, I, I did some, I was looking at some numbers. Like, do you realize he has the same quarterback rating as Jamarcus Russell through 22 starts? Yes. That's how bad this is. That's that's this is like all time bad. It is all time bad. Now Jamarcus Russell also had a purple drank problem, yeah, but a uh, bit. I, I don't I don't think that that is the problem here with Zach Wilson. I just think that he is in way over his head. Now he's twenty two games into his career. Uh, I know what they see. I know there are times that we see on the field certain plays that he does well and he throws well, but overall the one. Thing that we as quarterbacks are responsible for, Mike, is getting our team into the end zone. And there has to be a spirit, there has to be a belief, and there has to be a confidence in the guy who's standing behind center because everybody in this sport knows how important that person is. And very rarely does a team go and win a championship with a player that the team doesn't respect, and it's obvious right. to all of us. But here's my question, Boomer. And again, I don't, I'm not even going to hold, forget about Jets history, forget about Sam Darnold. Let's just look at the individual selection, right? How do you go through the process and, and miss 
this badly where this kid, I mean, we're talking about barely a 50% completion rate. We're talking about the number two pick. They passed on fields, right? They, hell, they passed. I mean, if they had Mac Jones, they'd be a playoff team. Boomer, how do you miss this bad? Well, it's hard to say because Joe Douglas, for the most part, is hit on everything else. Uh, He is going to have, most likely, uh, the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner, the offensive rookie in the year uh, in Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall, his running back out of, uh, you know, in the second round, uh, was going to be one of these players that was also going to be there. So I would just say that, you know, for me, it's, it's hard to find the right guy. It's hard to find the right player at that position that high in the draft. And the one thing I, I will say is that you also had the San Francisco 49ers taking Trey Lance. Yep. You know, so the one thing I will say about both Mac Jones, even though he hasn't played well as of late, and Justin Fields is that neither one of those guys seem to be too intimidated about playing and what they're doing. No. Um, but these two kids, Trey Lance looked in way over his head, and now Zach Wilson is uh, shown to be the same. So where, where, I guess for context, it's not salacious. It's just from a context standpoint, Boomer, where is Wilson on, on an all-time bust list? I mean, I put him with Jamarcus, Ryan Leaf. You want to put uh, Tim Couch in there. Like, you want to go way back, you go Rick Meyer. But, like, Booms, he's in that company, right? It's, he is. It's this he, bad. Yeah, he is definitely in that company. The question is, you know, what are the Jets going to do with him now? They have a couple games left. Uh, you know, they have a 10 days off until they play their next game in Seattle. Do they go with Strevor? Do they go with Mike White if he's healthy? Do they go with Joe Flacco? I don't know how they could put Zach Wilson back out on the field, but they may. They just may because no. he's the second overall pick. I hope they don't. I hope they don't do it for him, and I hope they don't do it because of the rest of their team. So uh, what's really, really bad about this, Mike, is if they would have had any sort of reasonable quarterback play, they are League a playoff average. team. A playoff League team. average. Yes. They, they would absolutely be a playoff team. And you're, the roster is good. Just because it's not star-studded doesn't mean it's not good. It's very good. And you look at the play they've gotten from Wilson. And I'm sorry, I can't let Salah off the hook either. Because I, I said to you, I go halftime. You gotta see gotta bench him. Someone's gonna they're gonna kill this kid. And they kept putting him out there to the point that the defense quit. Yeah, I think And I, I hate think, using that word. I hate it. Well, that's what happens when when a team doesn't believe in the guy who's supposed to be the guy, the leader. Uh it kind of permeates throughout the roster, Mike. That's what football is all about. Football is about that quarterback. You know, a lot of guys will put up with a young quarterback and deal with all the mistakes that a rookie may make, and they'll bust their ass to support him, kind of like Seattle did for Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson first showed up out, out there. But now here we are in the second year, and you actually have rookies calling out the second-year quarterback, and that's when you know you got a problem. So, look, I don't want to focus on the negative this holiday weekend. No, I know. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather think about the teams like Jacksonville and the Lions and the Giants uh, potentially all making the playoffs when at the beginning of the year, let's face it, none of us, none of us gave any of those three teams a chance to even be where they are right now in this point in the season. So let's go to the Giants. Let's move to that next because, look, that's as improbable of, uh, of a win as I recent memory as a Giants fan. I mean, look, they got a defensive touchdown. They got a couple huge red zone turnovers. Booms, do you think they're in, or they still got to get one more, don't they? They got to get one more. They still have to play the Colts. This is going to be a tough game for them on the road at Minnesota, and thank God it's in a dome, 
and it's not outside because it's freezing outside in Minnesota these days. But um, you know, this I don't like the matchup from the Giant perspective because you know they're playing a quarterback who's going to have you know over four thousand yards passing. He's going to have probably close to thirty-five touchdown passes. They're playing the best wide receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook is basically shot out of a cannon every game he plays, and Christian Darrisaw is one of the best young left tackles in football. So this is not a great matchup uh, for the Giants, and I know their defense played well last week. But that was a, a better matchup for them. They knew the the Washington Commanders because they played them two weeks ago. Completely yeah. different set of circumstances here, Mike. I'm sorry that your team's going to struggle on the road here in no, Minneapolis. No, no, no. Listen, I, I, that's where Booms, I said they got to get one. Is it is it the Colts game? Is it a situation if at the end of the year, does Philly need the game or not? Do you get a, do you get a little bit of a break? No, I, believe me. I, they're, they're up against it this week. Well, I know the, that. the thing I about just... Philly is that you know they're still playing for the number one seed. And now right. Jalen Hurts is not playing against Dallas. You know, that's that's a big thing. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But I, I just think that uh, Philadelphia may end up having to play that final game of the season. Yeah. I, that's it. Unfortunately, it's the first thing I thought of. It wasn't, oh, Jalen's hurt. It was, oh, God, Cowboys are going to beat him, <laughs> and they're going to need that game at the end. Yeah. You know, go with the Vikings for a second. You figure it out. Like, I, you and I have not been kind to them. We think they're they're way above their head here. But – that comeback was incredible. But what do you what do you make of the Vikings? And then look, beyond it, are they do you, will you believe in them? Like do you believe they'll win a playoff game? I swear to you, I don't care who makes it as the 7. Yeah. I'm going to pick against the Vikings. Yeah, well, I guess it all depends on who is uh, at 7. If it's the Lions, I think it's going to be tough. I think the Lions cuz the Lions know them and Jared Goff's playing well and the Lions have the offense to be able to go against that suspect Philadelphia, I mean, uh, Minnesota defense. And that's the thing about me. I want to know who has defense. Defense is what wins. Now, of course, these great quarterbacks, you know, add on to a team that has a, a balance of great defense and great offense. But, uh, you know, that's why I think San Francisco is still the team that is going to be a pain in the ass to play in the playoffs. Oh, God, yeah. Right? Because their defense is so good. And Brock Purdy is not turning the ball over. They're not asking him to do a lot. And, and Kyle Shanahan had a brilliant game plan last week when they, you know, when they go out to Seattle and beat them. So uh, I just I don't think the Vikings have a great defense. That's the problem that I have. And they've had a miracle wins this year. I can't think about a couple of their wins: the, the win at Buffalo and then the win last week. And the win that that happened last week. The reason that the Vikings played the way they did or got behind the way they did was because of interceptions, fumbles, block punts. It really wasn't their defense that gave up the points. But then again, Matt Ryan was just awful in that game and would never throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field. Uh, yeah, all right, you mentioned it, and then we'll move on because i got a million other things more important than Matt Ryan. Yeah. But, I mean, between the Super Bowl 28-3 and then this, uh, that might just be a sign. Go hit the hammock. Just go yeah. to the beach, man. Yeah, you know, this I think it's a different time in his career. You. Different time in his career. You know, back then he had Julio Jones had a great running game with the Atlanta Falcons when they lose the Super Bowl to the Patriots. This, you know, you can see, like, he's very cautious. He's not throwing the ball down the field at all. And everybody wants their quarterback to at least test down the field four or five, six, seven times a game, depending on who your wide receivers are. And Matt just will not do it. And that's why they're turning this, this team over to Nick Foles now, finally. Yeah, also, by the way, Jeff, Saturday, the fourth quarter hits, and that team goes absolute zombie mode. That's the third time it's happened, so I think we can put that storyline to bed. Um, 
You know, I was going to ask you about the bomb cyclone because both you and I are dealing with it in cold weather towns. But seven games this week below freezing, six below 10 degrees. You played in something that was uh, Cincinnati's not exactly a tropical climate. I mean, how bad is this when you're a player? It's not too bad. The the thing that you worry about is the wind. Uh, I played in a game when I was with the Jets against the Buffalo Bills. It was minus 33 to 35 below zero. We played a one o'clock Sunday game. We had the heated benches, all the heated jets on the sideline, and it wasn't that bad, Mike, to tell you the truth, as long as it wasn't windy. And it was a decent game. Both Jim Kelly and I handled the ball relatively well. The guy that didn't handle the the game very well for us was our kicker, Kerry Blanchard. He missed three field goals. He makes one of them. We're going to the playoffs. Kickers, I hate kickers. Well, I mean, they're the ones that have it the hardest, I think. When you're outside, it's windy and it's cold. Um, so I, I would I would just say as long as the wind is not too bad, it's not all as it's not that bad to play in it. And I think the Miami Dolphins proved that last week. They they had a hell of a game against Buffalo. They really did. And Tua played a hell of a game in those in in those elements. So do you? All right. So which which is which here? Do you were you a little concerned that the Bills gave up game control there, like they had it, and then they kind of go into that lull, and also they got gutted on the ground by Miami of all teams, but then go to the other side of it? Or do you give more credit where now you, you go, well, look, I know Miami's lost several in a row here, but like I'm, I, I at least believe they're going to write this thing and get in. Yeah, I think they will too, and I, I like their coach. I like the way that he goes about things. Nothing seems to be you know, overly emotional with him. He seems to be even keel, and I know that he, they, they put a lot of stock into this game up in Buffalo, and everybody, including you and I, were talking about whether or not Miami could handle the cold weather, and you yeah. know what? They handled it just fine. And I'm sure he was talking about it and didn't make a big deal of it. But now they get the Packers at home this week. And I think, you know, they've been, they spent two weeks out in California, got their asses kicked out there, had to go to Buffalo. But now they get it straightened out, I would think, coming home against the Packers, knowing that they're playing to keep their playoff hopes alive. Got to ask you about the Patriots, the finish. Just straight up, is that, is that bar none the worst last play, the worst loss you've ever seen? I yeah. was in disbelief watching it. Well, Total. The, the, and for a Belichick team, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Well, these are players that did this on their own. The coaches didn't tell them to do this. And it all starts with, first of all, calling the play in the first place as opposed to taking a knee and taking it to overtime. Right. So that's where you start. So the coach said, call a play. Matt Patricia called the play. You know, Chandler Jones misses the tackle at the line of scrimmages and laying face down after he misses Ramondre Stevenson. And then for some reason, Ramondre decides to flip the ball you know, back to Jacoby Myers. And I'm thinking, okay, what's he going to do with it? <laughs> if I'm Not Mac, that. Now, if I'm Mac Jones and I'm the quarterback and I'm standing there and I'm looking at this ball coming at me, I'm like, what the F just happened? What? What are you doing? <laughs> Why? And now, Why? by this time, Chandler Jones gets up and he stands there and the ball comes right to him. And I, I have never seen anything quite like that. And, again, that was not coach-driven. That was player-driven. No, so when I think about the miracle in the Meadowlands with Herm Edwards, that was kind of coach-driven, and Larry Zonka didn't want the ball. And he didn't take the ball. They fumbled it. Herm Edwards picks it up, and they have the miracle in the Meadowlands. But was that, that the Joe Pisarczyk era? Yes, exactly. Oh, God. I heard about that growing up from my dad, who's a lifelong right, Giants Right, then I think fan. John McVay got fired right after that. Sounds right. All right, look, we got a lot more to do, and I'm just going to tell you no in certain terms. Boomer and I are really good at picking games. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't even care anymore. We're going to do the picks. We've got a holiday list to get through. 
I also, Booms, we got to talk about some teams who kind of took the week off last week. We'll explain more of that. Lots to do. Holiday edition here. A bomb cyclone edition of kickoff with Boomer and Valenny. 